You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I want to stop just a minute and welcome the podcast listeners. All those that are joining us on podcast, we are thrilled to have you here. You know, Andy Williams, for those of you who are old and outdated and still listen to Andy Williams... Um, he, he was right when he said, this is the most wonderful time of the year. I still love that song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The, t- the song talks about parties and going out in the snow and mistletoe, telling of stories long, long time ago. Those are stories about a Savior being born that took away the sins of the world. We're in part three of a series that I've been entitling, Understanding Christmas. You know, evergreen trees in our houses, lights everywhere you look, wreaths, candy canes, parties, food, gifts. All, all of that is very meaningless unless you understand Christmas. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Grandparents' Day, Secretary's Day, Columbus Day, Washington Day, Martin Luther King Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Independence Day. The list of holidays and celebrations go on and on and on. But in none of those, nobody drags a tree in the house and put lights everywhere and puts presents under that tree. Not in any of those long list of holidays do we do that. Of all of the holidays that America celebrates, of all of the famous people's birthdays that America recognizes, no city puts lights down their main street. We don't spend billions of dollars on that holiday shopping. We've just got to understand Christmas. We have to understand Christmas. From Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. All the way through Malachi chapter 4, verse 4, we read some 4,000 years of mankind's history with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he looked around and he saw no one to tend the earth that he had created. And so God created male, and he created female, and he joined them together as one unit And that is God's plan for mankind, that man and woman leave and cleave and tend the garden. That's his plan. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, God gave man a choice. He wanted man to choose to be in relationship with him. So he put a tree in the garden. And he said, in the day you eat of it, you will die. Now, it wasn't a physical death. We know that when Adam and Eve ate of the apple, they didn't just kill over. It was a spiritual death. It was a death separated from God. A separation from God. Now, I want you to understand something. This was not a punishment. It was a consequence. It was in the day you eat of it, here's what will happen. You will, when you choose this, then you are walking away from a relationship with God. And it is a consequence of that choice. You know, we tell our children, if you run on the rocks, you will fall and skin your knee. Now, that's not a punishment. We're warning them of a consequence 
of running across the rocks. If you touch this stove, you will be burned. That's not a punishment. That is a consequence of touching the stove. God didn't punish man for sin. He explained the consequences of sin. When you do this, this is what will happen. Our culture today is having a very, very, very hard time with consequences. We're having a hard time understanding consequences. It's not fair. It's my right. You're too judgmental. Look, it's not me being judgmental. If you put your hand on a red hot stove burner, it will burn you. Who gives you the right to tell me what that stove is going to do to me? It's my right. It's my choice. I'm 19. I can do what I want. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you of consequences of that choice. And this generation is having a very difficult time understanding consequences in life. Our culture is not getting consequences. So we can't understand Christmas. If you don't understand consequences, then you'll have a hard time understanding Christmas. The teacher didn't give you an F. That is the consequence of you not studying and are not studying the right thing. That cop, he pulled me over. That that cop gave me a ticket. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with your color. It has nothing to do with your gender. It has nothing to do with your background. It has nothing to do with the way you were dressed. It's the consequence of going 65 when it is posted 35. See, that, that's what happens when you go 65 in, a, in the law that says it's 35. We have news on a nightly basis. That man shot a person. Wait, wait. has nothing to do with that man. A person was in his backyard at 3 a.m. That, let's talk about the fact that someone was in his backyard at 3 a.m. See, the consequences of you being in somebody's backyard at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, the consequences of that is you getting shot. That, that, that's what's going to happen if you're in my backyard. It's, it's, I'm not a mean person. I'm not a bad person. You don't need to be in my backyard wearing a mask, sneaking around at 3 o'clock in the middle of the night. See, you wouldn't have been shot had you not been in that guy's yard at 3 a.m. See, you would not have your electricity turned off if you had just paid your bill. Now, it's not the electric company's fault. They're not bad people. If you paid your bill, you wouldn't have had your electricity turned off. See, you would not have your car repossessed. They repossessed. If they wanted to keep the car, they would have never sold it to you. They wanted you to have the car. They're not mean people. They want you to have the car, but when you don't pay for it, then they will come and get it. They're not mean and bad people. See, this culture just can't grasp consequences because we have such an entitlement mentality. It's real simple. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. See, not eating, is that's not a punishment. That's a consequence of not working. But see, we don't want to work, yet we want to eat. And by the way, we want to have 
house and we want to have a phone and, and, we, and we're entitled to also money so that we can buy lottery tickets with it. See, I don't want to work, but I want all kinds of money given to me. See, if you don't pay your electric bill, your electricity is shut off. That's not a punishment. That's a consequence. Today, we want to get Channel 7 on your side to do a bad news story on some company that turned off somebody's electricity. Look, don't, don't do a bad story on them people. They're not mean people. They're not out to get anybody. Those folks didn't pay their bill. I don't need Channel 7 on your side making some big deal about this. Here's my pet peeve, since I'm on a soapbox, apparently. And I get angry, and I have to mute the TV, or I got to leave the room. These lawyer commercials, I'm just, I can't take it. Are you tired of bill collectors? Are you tired of threatening phone calls? Call our law office. Or you could send a check to the people you owe money to, and they quit harassing you. Now, that's an option that we're not considering. You bought a product, and you took it out of the store. They're not harassing you. They're not after you. Send the people their money, and that's another way to get them to stop calling you. I I just, I don't know. We're going to sue somebody when we experience consequences for our own actions. And that's where we are. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you the definition of marriage. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I am informing you of consequences of these actions. Here is the ripple effect when you do that. Genesis chapter two seventeen. In the day you eat of that, you're going to die. Uh, it, it, God's not mean. Here's the consequences of those actions. Because light and dark can't be in the same room at the same time. When you go dark, then you separate yourself from God who is light. That's what happens. To understand Christmas, you have to understand consequences. This generation is having a very difficult time understanding Christmas because they don't understand consequences. The consequences of sin is a cursed life. That is a life that is out from under the blessings of God. God wants to bless you. God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you to have life more abundant. That's what he wants. But when you remove yourself from that, then you put yourself in a position of a cursed life. And your life grows thorns and thistles and the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground. And that is the life of not following God. Now, the key is for 4,000 years, lives were lived under the consequences of sin. And mankind could not do anything about that. Now, a priest could take a spotless lamb and shed its blood and approach God for you one time a year. But that was our miserable existence, a life separated from the peace of God. A life separated from the presence of God. A life separated from God being in our life. It was a miserable life under the consequences of sin. Then John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him is not going to perish but have everlasting life. To understand Christmas, you have to understand this. The love of God. How do we celebrate? Well, we cut down an evergreen tree and we drag it in our house to celebrate everlasting life. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the light of my life. So I string and put up lights. The Bible says we are to adorn ourselves with him. So we hang ornaments on our trees, celebrating the love of God that allows us to be born again. We can be born again. Are you kidding me? Are, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's in my past. You don't know what all I've thought. You don't know what, and you mean I can be born again? Are you kidding me? You mean I can have a redo? I can, I can start, a, that, are you kidding me? My sins can be forgiven? They can be washed away and I can have a brand, I can have a brand new beginning all across America. All across America that is still one nation under God. We're in this whole world, we're one nation that's under God. And out of this whole world, we're one nation that in God we trust. Look at every coin that you've got in your pocket. We are one nation that in God we trust. And each year, at this time, all across America, we explode with excitement. We explode with joy. I mean, it's starting earlier. Our celebration is so big, it's starting earlier and earlier and earlier. You start going in Walmart in October, and, and Christmas trees are going up, and lights are going We explode with this celebration, spending billions of dollars across America, attending millions and millions of parties all across America, going to see lights, going to see Christmas programs that all end with a nativity scene. Why? Why is December 25th so huge? Why does it take us a month to celebrate this one day, this one birthday? Why? Why do we now have the, uh, why, why is this? Because we now have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven. Uh, you just can't go to enough parties. You can't put up enough lights. You, you, you just can't play enough Christmas carols. My sin, are you kidding? My sins can be forgiven, I can be born again, I can have a brand new start in this miserable life that I have lived and created and done, I can start all over. See, in part two of this study, we talked about the fact that we're born with a sin nature, and the love of God comes in our life, and we can then be born again. This time, not with a corruptible seed, but with an incorruptible seed. Why do we shoot fireworks on Independence Day? Because that celebration reminds us of the bombs and the guns going off that gave us our freedom. That's why we shoot fireworks. Why does Thanksgiving center around eating? Why? Because the pilgrims gathered together and they ate to celebrate a productive year of their crops. Why do we do gifts at Christmas? to celebrate the fact that God so loved the world that he gave. 
See, when you don't understand the consequences for sin, when you don't understand a sin nature, then you can't understand Christmas. But when you do understand sin, when you do understand your own sin nature, and you come to a place in your life where you have repented of your sins, when you are sorry for things that you have said, you are sorry for decisions you have made, you are sorry for choices that you've made, when you come to a place in your life when you're sorry for some of the things that you used to do, you don't have to live in the guilt of that. You can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. You're not living in the guilt of horrible decisions you've made. Now you look back on and you hate yourself for doing that. You hate yourself for making those decisions. You hate that decision. You don't have to live under the guilt of that. You can be forgiven. You can be born again. Old things can pass away. All things can become new. And the celebration of Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, here we are, nine days before Christmas. Let's talk. Let's just talk for a little while. If you don't like a pastor who gets into your personal life and your personal business, then you need to change churches. I recommend another church. There are plenty of churches who don't care about your personal daily life. If you come here, then we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Here we are nine days before Christmas. And in this celebration, many of you have family that's coming over. That's what we do. Except for you can't stand your brother-in-law. He drives you crazy. And you hated him whenever your sister dated him. You told your sister not to marry him. She's a bonehead and she married him and you don't like him and you hadn't liked him for the 30 years they've been married and you still don't like him. Your brother Eddie is coming. He's driving his 1960 Winnebago and he's going to park in your front yard. And he's bringing all of his dogs with him, big dogs. And they're going to be in your house. Your alcoholic cousin's going to come. And he's going to be drunk when he gets there and he's going to get drunker the whole time he's there. Your jerk of a neighbor is going to call the police on you because all of your nieces and nephews are running all over the neighborhood. They're running all through the yards. They're screaming. They're yelling. And their mom and dad won't do anything about it. And you want to get them a parenting book and give to them for Christmas because your nieces and nephews are so undisciplined you can't stand to be around them and they're all coming to your house. We're just talking here. Okay, we're just, we're just talking. The Christmas dinner that you are cooking and in charge of, you burn it. And you're humiliated. All your family's over there. Now, you've got that pressure because you know you've burned it in the past. And now they are all thinking, oh, Lord, she's going to burn that. You watch this. It's and we're just talking here. All you want to do on your day off is sit in your recliner. And your wife is going to make you drive two hours to her family's house. To celebrate with people you only see one day a year. And you're glad it's not two days a year. Now that's what's going to happen. Your wife's going to drag you to her parents' house. And you're going to hate going over there. All you want to do three days before Christmas is watch football. That's what you want to do. But your wife's going to drag you out shopping. Spending my money buying someone something who has more than I do. 
I just say, have you seen his boat? I don't have a boat like that. Have you seen, do you notice, Look, just look at the car he drives. I don't drive a car like that, and now we got to go buy him something? You tell him if he wants something to go buy it his own dang self. And I got to buy him a bottle of cologne, and we got to wrap it and take it over there when his boat is so big I can't even park in his yard. I'm already mad about it. We're not even there yet. I'm just, we're just talking today, okay? Because here's what's coming. In the next few days, you are going to reach a point where you have had it with your wife's decorating and shopping. I'm getting close. She's not here in first service, so we're just talking. Second service won't be nothing like this, I can assure you. But you've had it. You've had it. You've so had it. Here it comes. You tell her. If he wants some cologne, tell him to go buy his own cologne. If your sister wants a massage, I'll give her a massage with the back of my hand and shut them flapping lips up to hers that she's gossiping off. I'm going to tell you, I ain't buying your sister a dang gift card. I mean, you're going to say it. See, it's been boiling and boiling and boiling, and then here it comes. You're going to say it. Now your wife is crying. Don't act like I don't know all about this. Now you got her crying, and now you're mad that she's crying. And on the radio, Andy Williams is singing, It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be a... And so you're listening to that in the background. She's crying. You're mad, and that's in the background. I mean, here it comes. We got, so we've got nine days of this. Your kids are asking for presents that cost more than your first car. You know what, you just, in here it comes. What happened to the day when a kid got an apple for Christmas and that thrilled them? So, I mean, it's, you're going to say something like that. Then you're going to tell your family loudly, when I grew up, all I got was a pair of, un- I got some underwear and socks for Christmas. You're going to say something about what you got when you grew up. It's, it's going to come out. It always does. And it seems to come out in a loud tone of voice in a condescending tone of voice about what you got when you were a kid. Now, here's the deal. To make all of this worse, worse, every commercial on TV is a husband buying a wife a new Lexus or a Mercedes with a big red bow on top of it. See, I was thinking of getting her a scarf. Now, it's a nice one. It's going to match the coat that she always wears. I think I saw some at Walmart. They're $7. Now, that's what I'm thinking about getting her, was a scarf. And she and I are sitting there watching one car commercial after the next while some clown is buying his wife an $85,000 car, putting a red bow on it. And she runs out and hugs this car. And and I'm in the back of my mind, I'm getting ready for her to open a scarf. And and somehow it's not going to produce what I wanted it to produce. I mean, that's where we are. You're looking at these commercials on TV, and you're knowing what you're going to buy for a gift. Church, to make it through, we're going to have to understand Christmas. We we just have to come back and understand Christmas. We're going to have to understand Christmas. Let's just, we're just talking here today. For those that are not mad, they're not cussing, they're not yelling at each other. There are others that have been through more hurt than words can describe. There is no way to describe the hurt 
and the pain that you've gone through. The loss of a family member makes Christmas time almost unbearable. What you have gone through. You're going through the motions of Christmas, but the hurt and the pain that you're experiencing at Christmas is more than words can describe. Some of you, the divorce that you have gone through now puts Christmas in a more hurtful time and, and it puts you in a more hurtful situation than you feel like you can deal with. Your, your hurt's not even a good word for what you're feeling on the inside. For some of you, hard, tough financial situation that you are in. And all of this spending that you are now expected to do just puts a lot of stress and a lot of pressure on you at this time of year. Some in here have such horrible childhood memories of Christmas that still to this day, the word Christmas puts a knot in your stomach. Because growing up, every Christmas, your dad came in drunk. He was drunk on Christmas Day. He beat family members. The cussing, the yelling, the abuse, the torment that took place because of an alcoholic mom, an alcoholic dad, and what you experienced, it, it's, it's, more, it's really more than you can even talk about, and you pretty much refuse to talk about it because the hurt is so difficult. We got to understand Christmas. We have to understand Christmas. The Bible has a whole lot to say about taking our minds captive. The Bible has a whole lot to say about controlling your thoughts. The Bible has a whole lot to say about turning off these thoughts and, and turning on these thoughts, of, of stopping thinking this and, and starting to think this. The, the Bible has a whole lot to say about putting off the old and putting on the new. For those in here that the Christmas celebration is very, very tough on you, I, I want to encourage you today. You got to understand Christmas. You have to understand Christmas. Our Savior has been born. December 25th. And all of the celebration during the days before it, it's all about Jesus being born. It's all about the birth of Jesus. And with that birth, God brings salvation to me. God, with the birth of Jesus... God brought sal salvation. I have been saved from decisions in my former life and, and the hell that I was destined to. And I, I've been saved. My sins are forgiven. I've been born again. I, I'm experiencing Emmanuel. I'm experiencing God with us. 
not off out here, not talking to me in a burning bush, not appearing in a cloud. God lives with us. God dwells with us day in and day out. I can communicate with my Savior. I can communicate with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He rides in my truck with me. He's in my heart. And that Christmas, it's not about your family coming that you don't like. Christmas is not about you spending money. Christmas is not about your loss or your hurt or your pain. Christmas is about Jesus' birth. Church today, I'm very aware. I am very, very aware. For many of you, Christmas is a hard time. And with all of our lights and all of our parties and all of our decorations and me up here saying, oh, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. I, I understand for you, Christmas is a hard, hard time. We live in a fallen world that's filled with imperfect people, that's filled with imperfect events. And Christmas is a hard, painful, difficult time for you. And today, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I don't want to come across insensitive. I, I don't want to come across unsympathetic. I, I don't want to appear cold and calloused and non-caring. I, I don't want you to think that you've got a pastor that does not understand because I do. I recognize the hurt and the pain and the loss, and the difficulty that this time is for you. Church, this is not a mean statement. This is not an insensitive statement. But I want to tell you, Christmas is not about you. Christmas is not about what you've been through. Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Jesus. Jesus has been born in this world. And now he's been born inside me. And that has to be our focus. That has to be the focus of our celebration with all that you've been through and with a drunk cousin that's over there and with this family member that's cussing and this family member that's swearing and, and with a, in the midst of all of this, your focus has got to be the birth of our Savior. I get it today. I get it. This is a lot easier to preach this sermon than it is to live this. I get it. I'm up here preaching it today. But now I got to go live it these next nine days in my home. And this right here is the easiest part of this. This right here is the easy part of it. But I just have to tell you, you got to understand Christmas. And we have to turn our focus off of you. We got to turn our focus off of what you're going through. We got to turn our focus off of what has happened to you. We got to turn our focus off of what she said to you or what she did to you. And we've got to turn our focus on to the celebration of Jesus' birth. And when you do, and my reason for telling you this today, 
When you turn your focus off of you, when you turn your focus off of what you've been through, you can watch peace come into your heart. You can watch joy flood your life. When you turn your focus off of your hurt and onto celebrating Jesus, you can watch peace and joy come. For all of us, for all of us, these coming days, keep your focus off of the presence that you're going to get or off of the presence that you have to buy. Keep your focus off of the parties, off of the family, off of the cooking, off of the wrapping. That's all what we do. But keep your focus on the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And it is the celebration of Jesus' birth. As we keep our minds off of ourselves, off of me and what's happened to me and the hurt that I'm going through, and as we keep our focus on Jesus, you will experience peace and joy like you've never experienced it before. I want you to understand Christmas. The Prince of Peace and Joy has been born. Y'all stand with me. Lord, today, with all the traditions that each one of us individually have and all of the different ways that we celebrate and the different things that we're going to be doing in these next coming days, Lord, that all of that is put in its proper priority in our mind. And that, Lord, we, each one, focus on the reason we're doing all that we're doing. And, Lord, today, we celebrate your birth. We celebrate your entrance into this world. And we celebrate your entrance into our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com. 